0: Okay. We should be streaming live. This is the seat of our pants version of none of the above. <laughs> uh, I'm here with James Valiant and I'm watching just to make sure that we do make it up on YouTube this time. I think we're going to get it right away. Yeah, we're, we're already there. Okay. I, think I, I, I need to put us in gallery view. Okay. Now we're side by side. We're
1: already there. Okay.
0: I think I, 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 I need to put us in gallery view. Okay, now. Oh no! Time. Now I've got the audio in the wrong way. Okay, let me fix my audio. This is so much fun. <laughs> okay, it all should be good now. So, how are you, James?
2: I'm really well. Yes. Much, much better. I had some health problems last week, as you know, and thank you for being so patient with those. But they're all cleared up. I'm feeling great. A lot of people sent me links on how to deal with diverticulitis in an unusual way using kind of the ketogenic approach as opposed to the approach they the doctors tell you in the hospital and it's Uh, well i gotta say i'm feeling better than i have after any such thing happened before with me so feeling great
0: that is wonderful so we are going to cross fingers and hope that it continues for all of us and uh i mean you say i i help you out or i your own has had this stretch where he's wanted to do shows back to back in a row and stuff which hadn't happened for so long and now he's going to be off for another seven weeks or so so yeah yeah so now you stay healthy okay i
2: promise i'll do my best
0: um but you know i'm probably not going to be able to do a show next week just because my life and my schedule is bizarre and everything's crazy you know a little bit right now for me so i figured today my biggest thing is i have to give james a platform what in the world
1: um, <laughs>
2: so, well you know I'm, a free, like we were saying a free conversation between such brilliant and scintillating <laughs> conversationalists like ourselves has got to be you know worth the price of admission
0: okay but but i mean i'll you know one thing that i I like to do, of course, is I like to steer a conversation at least. So maybe if, you know, I'm giving you a platform, but maybe I'm going to push you in different directions or something. Push, push. What, <laughs> what I What I like right now, though, this is beautiful. You have your headphones on. So have we headphones. have an equal amount of geekiness in the display. You know, you've got your big headphones. I got my big headphones. Okay, we're all cool. But the biggest thing is you can hear me. So
1: exactly.
0: do you remember our first show? Someone was saying that oh i was talking over you a lot or something and i
2: was talking over you sometimes so i think there was audio difficulties
0: well it it is it's because you couldn't hear me trying to interrupt you gently like I do. (laughs) so now you can and it's beautiful so we're gonna we're gonna go good one question i have for you first because one of the things i was dealing with this morning was um i somebody put a thing on twitter i'll just leave this right here and then tag my name And it's some YouTube guy and he is do you by the way do you consider yourself an obleftivist are you one of us james
2: yes i well i from by their definition you know it's one of those terms like capitalism that Karl marx gave us that i think we should embrace (laughs) (laughs) if what they're doing is not so much identifying us as being on the left i mean it's really hard to think of us as left-wingers in the classical sense yes Uh, on the other hand if they want to announce their own conservatism um that's they're doing so okay. i'll embrace the term for for, for those purposes <laughs>
0: yeah with it within a limited sphere in any event what this guy posted then may have been also a threat against you insofar as you might be known as an obleftivist. Right. i mean tell me tell me what you make of this right somebody puts up a graphic and as far as i can tell it's not a picture of him right you know right. when when people Post on social media or elsewhere on the internet publicly, some picture of them like holding some big gun and saying that they have something against some person, that's pretty much seen as a threat, okay?
2: A visual threat, yes, you yeah. know I mean? don't and, need words, just add a couple yeah. of harsh words to a picture with a gun and you'd make your point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so, okay, so the the picture is some guy holding a gun and he's got like a big rifle and he's got the American flag in the other. It's not this guy, this YouTuber, but it says on there the name of this YouTuber scummy guy that I'm, I'm not going to call him scumbag because he hasn't done the things, but it's like he's threatening. He seems to be threatening. Here's his name. And it says, wants to fight the obleftivists.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that a threat? <laughs>
2: With a gun? Am I reasonable? (laughs)
1: Apparently
2: it's more than verbal verbal threats that involves weapons. Uh, So, yeah, uh, more than that, you know, the same guy has declared that Trump is an objectivist in a very forthright way in the last 24 hours. I mean, just nakedly declared Donald Trump to be a capital O objectivist, uh, which kind of tells you where his head's at.
0: Okay, well, I was, you know, you're a prosecutor, so you know this better than I do. I was wondering, am I overreacting? You know, well, I don't I've got think all these can... expletives on my Facebook.
2: Right? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think, I think I don't it's...
0: normally do. But
2: I'm not sure it's a legally actionable terrorist threat. Uh, Most no, no,
0: I but I mean, like a it. reportable kind of threat, so that you can oh, say this guy poses risk, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I should think it's reportable to Facebook youtube Uh, and twitter and criminal offense because there has to be an element of immediacy i'm going to get you now and i'm going to do
0: oh no i didn't i didn't think it was a criminal offense in and of itself right a reportable threat insofar as maybe i could clue in the authorities and things like that right oh
2: yeah it's worth that
0: yeah okay okay um so that was part of my morning (laughs) good morning (laughs) yeah yeah and so um i've started parts of the process and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, oh, we got Luca over here saying, to a left of us, he should have known better. He's out of here. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we shouldn't have revealed our identity so soon.
2: Exactly. We shouldn't yeah. be so forthright and authentic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> people, there's a lot of people who don't know what that is. And if you don't, just stick around and we will show and not tell. And you'll know exactly what we are because we are not the hiding type, James and I. Uh, so. Yeah. Let's get on to some of the topics because you have a number of juicy topics that you sent me. Um, Oh, and speaking of graphics, I was going to say there's a graphic that's going around, you know, while I'm fumbling for your message, um, there's a graphic that's going around that I think is just so powerful. I saw it yesterday, a friend Joe on Facebook had it. And um, there's a page on Facebook that posted it and I, I shared it. And it's saying be the America that Hong Kong thinks you are.
2: Wow, yeah, what a, what a great point. What so
0: great talk point. about powerful,
2: right? Yeah, you see, I saw the pictures of the last couple of days of the Hong Kong protesters using the American flag, even the Statue of Liberty. It reminded me of Tiananmen Square and even more pro-American stuff. It's the image they have of what America is compared to what America really is. It's kind of depressing. I mean, even yes. look at Trump calling the protesters rioters um, and being so cautious about it. Um, you know, America just from that, just from Trump's reaction, is not what America used to be when it come to when it came to taking a moral stance against authoritarian dictatorships enslaving free people.
0: Yes, yes, and he's not doing that uh, decisively. There's You know, that rioting language, just to talk about the evil of adopting that language. I just saw in the last day or so that Cathay Pacific has fired at least one pilot. I can't remember if there were two. There may have been two because they were convicted of rioting as part of these protests. So
2: so let's extradite them to China to be prosecuted for that terrible rioting writing <laughs> it yeah. was an offense against the people's state of china right yeah now uh, i
0: don't know if you got a chance to uh, watch the discussion that i had with you on the other day about hong kong but i assume that you have a bit of your own sort of crunchy take on well, it as well i'm
2: glad that your book was published in china <laughs> but uh china is still in my view a communist dictatorship um And even however we technically parse its economics today, uh, it's still a command economy and it still brutally, uh, I mean, ruthlessly goes after its own civilian population. Take the Muslims who live in the west of China. They're being basically kept in real concentration camps. And Mm -hmm. the rumors that I hear about what's going on there are just abysmal. I mean, they torture people, they imprison people, they're they're persecuting the, the Muslims within their country. Uh, that's the kind of country China is, They're a totalitarian dictatorship, and Hong Kong is one of the freest places in the world, and this would clearly be an instance of Chinese aggression, in my mind, against a free people.
0: Right, yes. Now, I was going to ask you, he was talking to me about the point that, oh, you can talk about Hayek, and you can talk about Rand, and all of these great things, right? Right. And I was trying to argue that sure you know you can talk about those things but the overall premise is we're giving you permission to talk about those things and so the government the governing principle is we're still telling you what you can and cannot talk about regardless of whether you know so, so you can say okay you know they're keeping you in this bottle and it might be a very big and luxurious bottle, but it's still a bottle, right? <laughs>
2: right. So, no, and they're calling yeah. the protesters, even the peaceful protesters, what, terrorists? The Chinese government doesn't use, have, they're have, they much tougher than Trump's rioters. They're terrorists. So anyone who even verbally objects or stands in the street is apparently a terrorist.
0: Yeah. So uh, the, the underlying premise, the, you're not convinced, for instance, by the, ch- the idea that they get to talk about Rand and Hayek and all these things in China. So. <laughs>
2: it, you know, a funny thing is is that Rand and Hayek were both of the position that a socialist economy must eventually lead to dictatorship. Rand less deterministically so, but Hayek very much in his whole theory of road to serfdom. Um, now it's true in recent years in the post Mao world, There was some economic liberalization of china which is responsible for whatever the you know economic development china has had but it hasn't fundamentally changed either their command economy or their authoritarian treatment of their own people
0: right okay and will you go visit china
2: not mainland china i'd be i'd actually be i have friends who live actually live in china Mm -hmm. for myself I avoid slave pits <laughs> uh, I want to be able to talk as freely as I always do and so places like North Korea China Iran I would avoid yeah I like the plague
0: but you would visit Hong Kong depending Hong on Hong Kong topic.
2: I would oh, I, I would love to visit Hong Kong yeah. all my friends who've lived there and visited there say it's one of the most exciting places in the world uh, I have a dear friend who d- remembers all the spectacular light shows at night and Uh, What an exciting, vibrant place it is to be. Um, And that would be sad to see destroyed. Yeah. China Mm -hmm. had agreed to give Hong Kong its independent government for 50 years back when Margaret Thatcher, you know, the deal that started with Margaret Thatcher was completed in 1997. They said 50 years, that would take us to 2047. Mm -hmm. but It looks like China is accelerating that by decades.
0: Oh yeah, no, big time they are. And that, I mean, extradition is just a, a phony way of saying, we're gonna make our laws govern your territory now already.
2: Even right, and not although the to- Hong Kong authorities, the Hong Kong police have not asked for mainland Chinese help. Apparently thousands of Chinese troops are now amassing on the border there. The, the Hong Kong Macau section of the Chinese government is preparing for some kind of uh, threatening or violent action there.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So you sent this Bloomberg story. And I'll go ahead afterwards and put these up on my blog sometime later. We'll have, you know, whatever stories that we talk about and get to. But Uh, you've got this Bloomberg story. uh, How many Chinese soldiers are in Hong Kong and why? So they're in or they're on the border? Where are they? What's what's the deal?
2: The belief is that many of them may have already come in and infiltrated the uh, Chinese or the Hong Kong police and Chinese authorities, or not even in more uh, covert ways, infiltrated uh, Hong Kong without making it a national, you know, international story.
0: Mm. And so that some of them are already there. Some of them might be those plants that make the riots seem like more than they are. That uh, Hong, Hong Kong protesters are actually peaceful, but here are these other people stirring things up
2: precisely very sad and i and i am not optimistic i'm not sanguine about what's going to happen i have to say i do not think trump would do anything significant for hong kong as he would for trade issues you know and um it's it's really kind of sad that trump Would have approached the issue of trade war with everybody, you know, North America, Europe, Japan, tariffs for immigration purposes, tariffs for everything on everybody as a normal tool for dealing with things. But now, when it looks like economic tools might be appropriate to put pressure on China by Hong Kong, the whole thing is diluted. And now his whole plans for having an economic deal, which he really wants with this good friend, you know, President Xi of China. uh, He's really afraid that deal might not come through because, well, Xi, this Hong Kong thing is really an inconvenience to that deal.
0: No. And I mean, you know, you know how silly and pragmatist he is. There was that story the other day that I was just laughing about hysterically. You know, he's going to put off the latest round of tariffs until after the stores have stocked up for the holidays.
2: No, we want the Christmas stuff in there. Christmas trees, electronics, we want that stuff just for Christmas so it doesn't affect the consumer as the tariffs are now really gonna start to affect the consumer. But he doesn't want it quite to affect this Christmas, I think for next year's election round.
0: He's got to be, yeah, he's got to be able to brag about the consumer confidence, as they call it during the holidays, get everybody to ignore what's really going on in the world and just spend that money so that that he can look good and then get reelected next year.
2: And considering Um, the economy, I mean, his trade policies have had. A direct impact on the volatility of capital markets of late as everyone has seen and there are even a lot of economists who are now beginning to realize that the economy is fragile and might go into a recession and That too has affected Trump. He does not want a recession uh, At least a perceived recession in an election year next next year Uh, I I still do think that he has a a better than uh, 50-50 chance of winning the presidency so long as the economy is not perceived as being in recession next year.
0: Right now let me tell you so um, if you were going to try to put a positive spin on this how many dimensions of the chess game would be required to sort of do that.
2: We've gone from 3D chess to 4D chess. I think we may need to invent a new game. (laughs) It's gotten so complicated because obviously interaction with China is a very complex thing. They are obviously involved in the stealing of intellectual property. That's important. That can be addressed in various ways, it seems to me. They are clearly the culprits behind North Korea. They are the enablers of all of that. Uh, And Trump wants to protect that dictatorship. You know, wants to secure <laughs> to secure Kim's regime. So but don't
0: you don't you know all they have to do all they have to do, Jim, <laughs> is get rid of their nuclear weapons, and then even though they're a communist thuggish dictatorship, they can be successful.
2: Oh, and continue to starve that's- and brutalize their own people.
0: But success, I mean, you know, yeah. su- who are you to say what success is for Hong Kong or for a- any other country, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, geez, the wonderful love letters that Kim sends to to Trump, I mean, they're beautiful. They're just beautiful from top to bottom, beautiful. So talking so positively and talking so positively about securing this thuggish dictators permanent power there, which is apparently one of Trump's stated goals uh, is very disturbing. So a trade deal with a, a dictatorship that might not even keep the trade deal they've, or uh, nuke deal because they've never kept any deal they've, they've struck in the past is more important to him than the actual fate of freedom and free trade in the world because he'd be protecting this dictator with his nuclear powers. If even if his plan came true for a deal with Kim with whom he's exchanging these beautiful love letters.
0: Yes, yes. So the the thought that just came in my mind is if, and we're all assuming that when really something bad is gonna happen in Hong Kong the sentiment from people here in the United States, how is it going to compare with Tiananmen Square? Right? This, you know, when you talk about one thing that I was would talk about with my old show, call it was called Don't Let It Go Unheard. It was named after Don't Let It Go. Ayn Rand had this essay where the it and don't let it go is the American sense of life. And part of the American sense of life is a benevolence toward the fellow human being who is a producer, who is also a valuer. These people in Hong Kong, we can see, you know, more than just the graphic with holding up the American flags. These are American in spirit, these people, right?
1: Exactly. Um,
0: More so than a lot of people around the world are, you know, more explicitly.
2: More so than Americans.
0: Right. And so you would say that, you know, at least in the past, right, with the Tiananmen Square, so many of us were cheering them on. But now we have, as our head of state, Trump. And I just use that term. I hate calling him president, right? But yeah, he's he's there. Um, he's someone who's setting this example that Hong Kong doesn't really matter that much. And yeah, you know, he hopes things work out for everybody, including the Chinese that he wants a trade deal from. Um, he's just gonna be kind of blase and not care. I've had people on Twitter just react and say, hey, why do you care about people in Hong Kong? It's not us, you know? And they are us in spirit. They are right. us in right. spirit. And for, you know, to sit back and, and to say, oh, well, the, it doesn't matter. And
2: you they've know- enjoyed free speech, freedom of assembly, free press, They've enjoyed a vibrant free economy in which individual property rights and individual rights in, in the criminal justice system have been respected now because they were, their system was basically shaped by the British system that was there before. Mm-hmm. And so they have, you know, one of the best legal systems in East Asia. And to see a, a, a comparatively just system go under to the military aggression of a totalitarian dictatorship that so brutalizes its own people just take Tiananmen Square, is horrifying. It's not simply a dictatorship suppressing the slaves it already has, like Tiananmen Square, as if that, and that was horrific enough. That was, I mean, ghastly enough, but to see China go into a place which now for more than a century has had, you know, a century and a half has had a comparatively free and open society go under completely without an American peep. That's that's not America, and that's not the way America used to be.
0: Yeah, and so just sometimes I will imply things and not completely spell out exactly the thought at the end, which is that we would look at that, whatever the reaction is at that point, and compare it to what was going on after Tiananmen Square here, and you might witness, I'm predicting, unfortunately, we're going to witness a marked decline in the American sense of life. Oh, it,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Because I see Hong Kong as as such a symbol of freedom.
2: Well, you know, as Ayn Rand said, America is under no moral obligation to help out overseas anyone at any time. Right. But she also said that any dictatorship can be morally invaded by the United States at any time. Because they are already in a state of war, in effect, against their own people.
1: Yes. No
2: dictatorship has any legitimacy. I mean, it's not like they're a legitimate government we have to respect in the first place. China's not a government we have to recognize diplomatically in the first place. We can end all these cultural exchanges, all these agreements through WTO. There are all kinds of mechanisms by which we can affect trade, even without using tariffs. There are all kinds of diplomatic pressures we can put on them. We don't have to recognize them as legitimate, uh, as legitimate China, uh, which was kind of a betrayal to Taiwan and Hong Kong in the first place anyway. Uh, but uh, while we don't have a moral duty to correct the situation in Hong Kong, I think that in this instance, we have selfish interests as a country.
0: That was what I was going to ask you next, because don't we have some property interests of Americans that would be affected if China takes over?
2: Well, I would say the mere existence of such a comparatively free society in the context of China is something worth protecting or trying to protect or doing something, at least raising your, at least doing the Ronald Reagan evil empire stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, the, in terms of giving, a, you know, sort of a moral
2: support to right, at least protesters, a moral support.
0: that's obligatory. I mean, he should at be
2: least a moral
1: outspoken. support.
2: And then to have diluted the whole effect of tariffs with everyone else, it sort of dilutes it as a weapon against China. Now, you know, the Trump supporters, you know, the people who call us leptivists, one of the things they'll say is, well, gee, give Trump credit. He was the first president to bring up intellectual property theft with China. And that's a fair point it really is. Uh, Now, whether tariffs or selected tariffs are the correct way to go about that is a a separate question. But even if IP was the main, you know, intellectual property was the main complaint, we now have Hong Kong on the the map. And that seems to me as important an issue, given how much trade and interaction we have with Hong Kong, and just the fact that they're a bastion of freedom, supporting American interests, surrounded by hostile states like China it makes it an important value for at least for us to at least stand up in a moral way and do something about it but i don't see any of that happening
0: the ip issue should not be solved by tariffs because then you know you and i've talked about it to death too it's you're allowing in these in effect stolen goods right because the manufacture of them is based upon theft of ideas right and then you say, oh, well, but we're addressing it because we're letting it in, but we're skimming off the top. <laughs> and that's always that's this is the way that I always I'll keep talking about it this way forever. You know, there's a song by Alison Chains called Rooster. Right. It's perfect. I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm the rooster. All you guys call me a left of I'm the rooster. I'm there. You're uh, trying to Panty make it
2: clear, in fact. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, that was a literary reference to Edwin rostan But yeah. Uh, uh, I, I do,
0: I do pop songs. I was just in this <laughs> conversation earlier. All of my references are pop songs.
2: You, Minor to 19th you, 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 you
1: have this
0: erudite, you know, background,
2: and
1: I've
0: got pop songs, what so I'm throwing them at you. But my brain is still working. So, um... <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm out here saying the truth and, and the truth that I want to keep repeating is that all Trump's doing is, in effect, allowing the stolen goods through and skimming off the top and then
2: Americans are paying the tax. He, he keeps boasting about how much revenue the government is collecting and how he can send those revenues straight to the farmers who are negatively affected by his tariffs so that he can not only have tariffs, but subsidies, the very uh, trade policies in China that he objects to. So if China wants to shoot itself in the foot by taxing its people with tariffs and making it harder for them, the Chinese consumer, Trump's idea is to respond by shooting us ourselves in the foot by making it more expensive for American consumers to buy cheap foreign products
1: that'll
0: really show them by making us Ouch. pay more taxes right? right um but not just that right that it's he's bragging about all the money that's being taken in
2: from that americans not telling
0: <laughs> us really where it's going i mean it's obvious where some of it's going it's all those farmers that he's retweeting because of their support out there on twitter um so that's where some of it's going but now he's got you know like somehow a bunch of um what do you call it, mad money, right? What oh,
2: he's raking it in. He's so happy that he's, he's raking it in. he all that, right, this mad Americans. money,
1: it's
0: this fun. And I guess he's deciding he's going to play real estate developer or something because the next topic I wanted to talk about with you is this trial balloon that was floated out there about we're going to purchase Greenland or something.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh. so I know. Hard. <laughs> there was one really clever uh, meme or, or joke. Only uh, one? Oh yeah! Is a Trump is planning on buying uh, uh, Greenland, proving the hardwood floors, including the fix, improving the fixtures, and flipping it for a profit. <laughs> you know, because he's a wheeler dealer real estate guy. Okay. Perhaps he's got a flip in mind. You know, fix the hardwood floors, put in some new fixtures, and oh, totally flip the uh, house.
0: <laughs> so I yesterday I'm out on Twitter and. Ben Shapiro, sorry, Ben Shapiro tweets something like, um, "If you are against United States buying green, or you know, if you're against us buying Greenland, you hate America." Hate
1: America because we don't want Greenland.
0: I, I didn't know quite what to make of it because he defends Trump. You know kind of more than i would but in yeah. this case it turned out i figured out within about a minute or so that he was clearly joking but i had to just pause for a minute Wait, there. You i really like, want to
2: check with the danish government of the greenland population
0: on that yeah. I'm, you know i have such a a soft spot for Denmark and Copenhagen in particular. Yes. It's like, but but okay, but no, let me tell you, okay. So you I went through the whole discussion with people. It's not a proper function of government to be a real estate developer. Yes, okay, maybe you have to start a country by buying a certain amount of territory, but this is not contiguous. And we can go through all of those different things. But let me give you, I'll give you, you know, devil's advocate sort of argument. We are in a horrible situation right now. Not one that Trump is helping, mind you, but it was also contributed to by all of his predecessors, and it is the national debt. National debt is huge. Now, one argument is, given that we have all this debt, even if he's got all this mad money to play with from the tariffs, he shouldn't be spending it buying Greenland, right?
2: Right. However- Absolutely. My God, look at the national debt, and he's been even more reckless than Obama on spending.
0: We have billions, but I'm not going to throw it in to pay any part of the national debt. (laughs) Um, But so here's the thought, right? This is the sort of devil's advocate argument for buying Greenland, which is just otherwise ridiculous. Um, What if he is going to then develop all the oil and gas that I hear that there's these oil and gas reserves and that the Danish are not developing them and there's all this money to be made? What if he says, okay, and if Trump did this, if Trump did this, I might support it. You can argue against me. Here we go. Okay, suppose, suppose I'm coming out, I'm coming out for Trump buying Greenland, damn it. Um <laughs> Okay, so here it goes. Suppose Trump says, I'm sorry.
2: No, no, okay. Amy, Amy, it's okay. manifest destiny. <laughs> God okay. meant America to travel the to make, West Coast. I'm try to make the argument. The Arctic Circle. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna try to make the argument without laughing. Okay, here it is. Right. Because <laughs> I would, I, I swear on anything you give me, I would, I would maybe support this. Right. Suppose Trump says it's not normally a proper function of government to be a real estate developer. Mm. However, I am a good real estate developer, and we are in this crunch that, yeah, okay, I realize I've contributed to it too because, you know, I haven't held the line on spending, but we have all this debt to pay off, and I, as a consummate real estate developer, see a way that we can buy Greenland, make the best of the natural resources during X period of time, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's not good for government to be nationalizing natural resources and the oil and gas and the whatever. I'm going to do it for this limited period of time, pay off the debt, and then sell
1: it off.
2: I'm so not sure even the profits or taxing the profits from energy oh, resources in Greenland. You're, you're just bursting my bubble. You would come anywhere near to paying off our national debt, assuming it, was, it would be a net gain to America. Let's assume that. Let's assume they have uh, mineral resources. It wouldn't be the government's job to do that. I hope they would.
0: No, but, but you know can the government more, is already like... so
2: deeply involved in the leasing of, I mean, so much of yeah. uh, energy is take coal and oil comes from government owned lands that energy companies are simply leasing, renting, or have some agreement with the government to, to, to take. And I suspect that if the government did take over Greenland, the government will be in charge of who, how, when, that sort of thing on any uh, energy resources, but backing up further, I would first try to work with the Danish government and the people of Greenland to develop an agreement to do that. If their own environmental concerns, which would probably be unreasonable, uh, prevent that, uh, I see nothing wrong with say making an offer. You know, uh, if you know there was some kind of calculation, but. It doesn't look like Denmark is eager to sell. It's not like it's on the market.
0: Hostile (laughs) takeover. Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I just don't see it as worth uh, expansionism on the part of America.
0: Right. You know, and I, I don't even know enough to have a great discussion about it. But maybe at the beginning of the founding of a country, there is some proper role for a government to buy a certain amount of territory and then do the Homesteading Act and you know.
2: Homesteading Act was great. And uh, I basically agreed with the principle of westward expansion. Uh, France had an only a nominal claim over the Louisiana territory. Mexico uh, and before that Spain had still less, more tenuous hold on the west of the United States. And that really wasn't a clear instance in either case of sovereignty both texas for example and california before their independence from mexico had a majority american population just from the immigration Mm -hmm. which puts it in a totally different light in my view imagine that the population of greenland was mostly american immigrants right now who wanted independence from denmark right and denmark was an authoritarian state well i would be far more sympathetic to absorbing greenland under those circumstances Uh, That's not the case, as in the Louisiana Purchase or, but you know, even Louisiana Purchase, one of my heroes, Thomas Jefferson, uh, as mixed a bag as he sometimes was, this was one of his more mixed bag moments, the purchase of Louisiana. It was outside of his constitutional ability. It worked out for America because France lost its claim to territories that America was starting to settle anyway. Right. Uh, and they lost their artificial claim, it seems to me, to the middle third of America. But nonetheless, uh, Jefferson dramatically uh, stepped out of the Constitution, and he was a constitutionalist. So
0: so if Jefferson, you know, what's good for Jefferson is good for Trump? Hmm?
2: If he could only be like Jefferson in every other well, way. As I said, you know, I, ha- I had
0: my huge preamble to... What under what conditions I might support this, but you're basically bursting the bubble that there wouldn't be enough money there to make a significant dent in the debt. Wouldn't,
2: wouldn't Denmark ask for whatever profits we could get from it to a large extent as the price? I mean, what is the price of Greenland but the natural resources that are there? Yeah. I'm not sure it would be even a net plus, but okay. you know, Trump is such a great wheeler and dealer. I don't know, and real estate wheeler and dealer, like I said. I mean, could be a su- successful flip.
0: <laughs> there is no better real estate developer. He is the only,
2: only one, one who can do this. You know it, right? <laughs> Obviously.
0: So. Okay. Well, I tried. I did. What Can you think of another argument for it? Oh, oh, I had another one, which was, if you could tell me that there was a national security interest
1: oh, in certainly.
0: us certainly. having Greenland. But what would the national security interest be? I mean, it's not contiguous. It's kind of between us and some people over there.
2: And it's owned by a, native, a NATO ally of ours, Denmark. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any threat there. Denmark yeah. cooperates with no, us. Let us put us whatever us. bases
0: we yeah. want there if we compensate them or whatever, right? So. Right.
2: I don't, I don't theoretically get the idea at all because i don't see denmark see in, in the, the other cases napoleon was desperate for money during the napoleonic wars and wanted to unload his ownership of north america right. or take uh, when lincoln bought alaska again russia wanted to unload alaska where they didn't have a lot of settlers this is not a situation where denmark a peaceful ally of ours a cooperating ally of ours wants to dump denmark or greenland so i don't see the point yeah
0: I'd much rather like we just kind of transport a lot of copenhagen over here
2: <laughs> well if we wow. could only have as free market uh an economy as they do in most scandinavian countries would be a dramatic step in the direction of capitalism
0: oh my gosh so crazy so crazy so you know, let me get the past.
2: myth that scandinavia somehow this ideal socialist world is just that a total myth anyway places like uh Norway and Denmark apparently have some of the freest economies in the world in some respects freer than more capitalistic than the United States' economy
0: yeah which is kind of nuts I mean it, it's always disheartening when you look at those rankings that they put out you know the freest economically or you know freedom index sort of thing and America has
2: been dropping and dropping and dropping what are
0: we where are we in the top 20 still
2: Last I checked, I think we were in the top 20. Okay. But uh, the Scandinavian countries beat us, Hong Kong beats us, you know, New Zealand beats us. So there are several countries in the world now that apparently uh, are much easier to do business in and have lower business costs. And speaking of government spending, a more responsible fiscal policy.
0: We should buy Hong Kong.
2: Hey, that is actually a pretty good idea. Those are people who (laughs) identify with us. Those are people who want uh, independence from, they are the native population is calling for independence from their technical sovereign mainland China. That would be actually a good place for us to say, hey, we'll take over management so that they get the freedom they apparently want as they're waving American flags that would make far more moral sense to me than the purchase of Greenland. Uh, well,
0: so then maybe he's, territory. He's floating, he's floating Greenland, but really, what he's going to do is he's going to buy Hong Kong and make nice with his friend G. Right. And <laughs> what? No, but okay. So I thought, oh, this is we're perfect, right? United States buys Hong Kong, but are we going to keep Hong Kong free,
2: even? Wow. Wow. What a good question. Would we have a a, a two systems, one country approach like China agreed to? Hong Kong, you don't have to. We would have to. We would have to right now. Obviously,
0: the Freedom Index tells you that we would have to have a two systems.
2: Right. (laughs) Just as as the British worked out with, with China
0: because we are not the America that Hong Kong.
2: That's the sad thing. That really is the sad thing. Wouldn't it be lovely if we didn't have, if we became more capitalist, if we we started adopting more Hong Kong policies, I I think I'd advocate two countries, one system, the Hong Kong economic system. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, the point I was gonna make really, um, someone was talking about, well, you know, yeah, we have equal right to go in and help people in Hong Kong, You know, kind of push back against China just as much as we would have the uh, moral right to invade Venezuela. Venezuela has got a lot of good people. I'm not sure if they are as um, principled ideologically as the people in Hong Kong. Mm,
2: I'm pretty sure they're not. Even the opposition groups in Venezuela are pretty well socialist. I don't think they're as authoritarian as the current regime. Mm -hmm. but they don't inspire a lot of confidence in terms of bringing back individual rights capitalism and basic freedoms
0: yeah so for me the the argument so hong kong over venezuela i think just because they're more principled also one of the main arguments for for example getting involved in buying greenland or getting involved in venezuela is supposed to be the resources the oil and gas resources but to me, human capital over resources.
2: Uh, yeah, and the people of Hong Kong and their freedom over some trade deal. Should I
0: not even use that term though, human capital? Is that a really bad Marxist? Term? Uh,
2: well, it, that does either, <laughs> you know, left-wing economists have long since regarded people as sort of a natural resource.
1: Yeah, and
2: That is deeply offensive. They are the source of creative productivity. They're not just a resource. And to treat them like some form of capital, like some farm tool, is, I think, to fall into the language of the left treating people like, uh, you know, material resources. Yeah.
0: So people over material resources. Now, people even doesn't sound nice enough. Human beings. Human Human, individuals
2: who long for liberty, lived under liberty and who are longing for liberty and are willing to take risks for that liberty. We're going to turn our back on them
0: so we should buy hong kong that's what we should do
2: right right
0: um you gave me a story that to me sounds extremely interesting and it to me i think it also has some implications for other things that we can flex our obleftivist muscles about (laughs) so we may as well go for it here uh the reason.com article that you sent, it's the headline is why governments should not bar entry based on political views. And it's spurred by this recent story, what there's a couple Congresswomen who were being denied, or they they are they, have they still been denied entry to Israel because of their political views? Last
2: like I that? heard, there have been discussions back and forth. But last I heard, they're still banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump, you know, said he thought it would be weakness on the part of Israel to allow them in. And when it looked like one of the Muslim Congresswomen, she has family there, was just trying to visit a grandmother or something, there was a lot of hemming and hawing. But Israel, I think, had a good response. I'm not sure a sufficient response, but a good response. They weren't coming there to visit grandma or to have a vacation in Tel Aviv. They were there to rabble rouse among the Palestinians in occupied territories. Now remember,
0: Palestinians, when you're on with me, James, I've, I've got to set the rules here. You just do this each time.
2: <laughs> Palestinians, Palestinians, yes. yes. That's, that's the rules, okay? Right, right, right. You're absolutely right. It is an artificial term, but the term that's most commonly used, uh, let's put it this way, the people in the occupied areas in Gaza and the West Bank, if they were there to just try and you know get support for their effort, because both of them have stated a desire to ban Israel to ban Israel as if they were a communist dictatorship or the apartheid in South Africa. These congresswomen want to ban Israel, the most civilized country by far in the Middle East, uh, despite the fact, of course, that these occupied territories have been offered their independence some 20 years ago and rejected it because they don't want Israel to exist at all. And somehow Israel are the bad guys and they were there basically to rabble rouse. And rabble rousing among the population in the occupied territories means violence and death to israelis so there's sort of a good point that the israeli government raises if you're here simply to cause trouble to encourage a ban on our country israel or to to stimulate more violence among those in the occupied territories please don't come right um and
0: so so this is the thing so what's your sense right because that was where the i wanted to get the discussion going was when would you bar somebody? It's, it's not just if they hold particular views, but it's that you think that they're going to take concrete actions based on those views that are threatening to the rights of your people, your interests, right? It's
2: a complex question. For example, the general rule, which should apply 99% of the time, in my view, is that ideology should have nothing to do with who gets in, or be able to, is able to come and go from your country, a political difference, a mere political difference. It's exactly when people wanted to ban Trump from certain events in England. Um, you know, If you wanna ban the guy from a country simply because you disagree with his politics, I think that's wrong. It's wrong, you know, whether it's tourism, immigration, or permanent immigration, ideology is no business, generally speaking, of the government. There are exceptions. Take for example, World War II. Once we were engaged in a war with Nazi Germany, it -hmm. seems to me perfectly reasonable to exclude Nazi immigration to the United States. Mm -hmm. Why should we allow them to recruit for the enemy here in our country as our young people are dying fighting the Nazis? But only in the case, those such cases. One could argue in this case that Israel is in a state of permanent war with those in the occupied territories. And because of that, Israel has a right to exclude those who are ideologically sympathetic to those that are killing Israelis from those occupied territories.
0: Yes, so in this case, you would disagree with reason.
2: I do, I do. I think there are limited instances in which ideology can at least play a factor in the exclusion of someone when there's actual war, actual fighting, uh, actual harm that could come from that rabble-rousing.
1: Right.
2: Uh, imagine, you know, Talib going to Israel, demanding to get into the occupied territories, and then holding a rally in favor of banning, uh, US banning all business with Israel. That could cause a violent demonstration. Uh, and that certainly would be ideological help to people who are doing violence to the state of Israel.
0: Yes. So I agree with you completely there. Uh, we're not, there, I
2: guess that- Trump should get some credit in the sense that uh that's his side and i wouldn't you know i'm sure that no democrat president would have taken that side okay wonder,
0: but but to me it's not surprising <laughs> to me it's not surprising that he does that because then he and his supporters are going to equate this instance with the other one that i'm going to throw at you now and but you know just now you know jim you're not sounding very a able- so i'm going to,
1: I'm going to I'm take sorry. your
0: card back i'm going to take your card is. back you know <laughs>
1: um
0: but no, sorry, I agree with you there. So, But here's the nuance. And now we're going to get our left of his credentials back again. Because <laughs> the next example is somebody who is going to immigrate here and vote Democrat.
2: That is never a valid concern. If Republicans are concerned that the reason why we should exclude people from Latin America is that they would change the electoral demographics, that is a totally invalid argument. If these are peaceful people, non-terrorists, they don't have a criminal record, there's no indication they'll do violence or physical harm to Americans, and they just want to come to America to get a better life and to get a job, their ideology should be utterly irrelevant.
0: But they're going to vote for the party that is going to increase supposedly over the Republicans. Again, you know, we could I don't think there's really a difference anymore, but you know, let's grant they're gonna vote for the party that is going to, when they're in office, increase the amount of rights violations that Americans are going to have at the hands of government.
2: I'm not sure about that. Probably the electoral demographics of immigrants has more to do with the fact that it's Democrats who are willing to let them in. It's Trump's own policies against immigrants that may be alienating Latin American immigrants. Imagine a Republican president saying, we welcome peaceful immigrants. We welcome peaceful immigrants who just want to have a job and a better life in this country. It's only terrorists and criminals that we'd keep out in effect. If that were the case, if Trump were embracing of immigration, I suspect the immigrants themselves would have an entirely different uh, attitude about it. I have seen the numbers And these immigrants are not mostly coming here to get on the American dole. And we have laws that prevent recent legal immigrants from getting on the dole for a number of years after they come here. Yeah, yeah. So if they came legally, they'd actually be unable legally to get federal support.
0: This thing that um, Trump's guy, I forget what office he holds on immigration, but they had announced this policy about You can come, but not if you're going to be on the dole, et cetera. Is that new? Is there something new? that? No, this is
2: a standing law. In fact, your immigration...
0: It's been been a news news item as if it's new.
2: Say you're a temporary legal resident and you want to get permanent legal residency status or you're a permanent legal resident and you want to get citizenship status. One of the things that can prevent that from happening is whether or not you ever received federal aid of any kind. And the government regulations as they exist right now prevent people from uh, uh, having an improved immigration status if they have accepted government help. And that's just one of the rules about legal immigrants not being able to obtain welfare for five years or or so forth, unless it's catastrophic medical aid, things like Medicaid and so forth. Uh, Recent immigrants, if they're legally here, are excluded from getting any government dole. So it's the fact that illegals are here that allows them to take advantage of the system (laughs) <laughs> had they had had Trump's changed the status and made them legal residents, we could much more easily prevent them from going on the dole the minute they get to America.
0: Mm, okay,
2: it's filled with all kinds of irony here. As far as I'm concerned, it's Trump's own attitudes that uh, I think conditioned the attitudes of immigrants politically. And then if they were here legally, we would have legal means to prevent them from going on the dole for number for a number of years
0: okay so that's interesting and then so the thought that came to comes to my mind was well, of course you know you don't want to offer freebies to people to come in the country you just just come here and then you can get freebies that's a bad thing so it's good to cut that off at the same time right now because there is so much statism and there is so much entrenchment of government that it, it you know, you have to be so much more wealthy and productive to be an immigrant who's going to come here and avoid all resource to different types of benefit. That government is true. Benefit. I'm not
2: unmindful of the fact yeah. that we have a welfare state and that is in direct policy conflict, in my view, with the idea of being more open to more, you know, peaceful immigrants, which is unfortunate. Uh, there is such a conflict and maybe we need to amplify laws that would prevent uh immigrants from receiving government dole uh or help of any kind right Uh,
0: but I, i guess i was saying more okay so you know in in a certain context where government is just sucking up so much of productivity in our country now you blame less somebody who has recourse to government aid than if that hadn't been the case right so in a normal situation is you know if you're just going to come here and be on the dole you know we don't don't you know that that's not our responsibility right Uh, as and when just you know so many more people don't have other options available to them because government has taken them away you tend not to blame so much so you know whereas you know again normally i'm saying no, you know, uh, it, it's it's sort of like um, people say, oh well, we're gonna Trump is gonna keep some version of Obamacare, right? Right. Keep some version. It's gonna be Trump care. It's gonna be Trump Pelosi care. Whatever it's gonna be, and he's gonna say, abortions won't be covered, <laughs> right? Now, I don't think government should be providing abortions right. for people. It's right. <laughs> But but in the context where they've taken over the whole healthcare system that they've made health insurance so much more expensive and, and Trump is just going to continue that process. And then he's saying, well, here's this one thing that's not going to be covered. You know?
2: Right. And it is a sort of uh, intellectual hypocrisy, I think, on, the, you know, uh, on both sides, frankly. On both sides, frankly. If uh, uh, you have the Democratic candidate saying that illegals should get free medical care, and free education, and all the social services. And anyone can come through and we should abolish ICE at the same time. <laughs> it seems to me, as critical as I am of ICE's current policy, it's not the ICE, and that's the other thing. It's not the ICE officers, it's not the immigration border patrol officers who are the bad guys. They're, the left is turning them into Nazis when they're just enforcing existing law, however bad that law is. Right. Uh, so the left is filled with hypocrisy. But Trump is also filled with hypocrisy. We got to take care of our own. We got to provide everyone with health insurance here. And one of the great obstacles in his mind to that is allowing unlimited immigration. No, they're both they're both uh, inconsistent. I think in their policies. Yes. Logically. <laughs>
0: Definitely. So I, I guess really my 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 kind of niggling sense is. I'm not so hostile to immigrants who resort to some public aid in the overall context of government having messed up everything and making it harder for people to be productive and just go on their own steam. A-
2: absolutely. That's <laughs> absolutely correct. That's all. We, we hold it against the immigrants for our policy anyway. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think we've said all of our left stuff about stuff. So, so, well,
1: so, the point I
2: would just... make, too, is that, you know, Trump's Muslim proposed Muslim ban way back when, when he came into office, you know, there was a certain logic to not allowing unrestricted immigration from certain Muslim countries. And, and some of the countries on the list weren't even Muslim countries. It was identified countries uh, that he had a immigration ban on the thought that we were having military problems from terrorists and others coming from those countries. That is an entirely different logical argument than say, let's keep out Latin Americans who just want a job here. Yeah, I don't get the connection.
0: Not at all, not at all. So I think, oh, I had the, so the the follow-up question for you was, you are not then in favor of some sort of ideological screening of people coming in?
2: No. No, quite the opposite. In fact, if, if the Republicans had a benevolent policy towards peaceful immigrants, I think that the political issue would mostly go away. Yes, yes, I think
0: that's right as well. But we do need to clean up all of those things that make these issues messy. Oh,
2: know? absolutely, absolutely. Why,
0: why is prayer in school such a big issue? Because government runs the school, you know, all of those very messy issues abortion funded by under Trump care or whatever, you
1: know.
2: The minute government provides health care, it enters a world of moral questions that are none of the government's business, such as abortion, assisted suicide, uh, who should get the most expensive, you know, medical treatments right now in terms of priorities, prioritizing life and death. So the minute the government takes over health care, it's involved in moral issues that should be none of the government's business. It's the same with education. The minute they open their mouth to start educating our children, then, of course, everything they do. If you're an atheist parent, you have a right to complain if they do pray. And if you're a Christian parent, you can say, hey, I want my kid to pray every day in school. But the government is taking a stand because it's running the schools. Yes. And any stand the government takes at that point is wrong. It shouldn't take a stand at all about the moral education of children or uh, whether abortions you know, are, are done at this hospital. <laughs> those are just not the government's business. But once it enters those businesses, it must invade personal freedom. It must make anti-abortion people either pay for abortion or pro-abortion people not. It must make important decisions that are moral and none of the state's business.
0: Exactly. Yep. That's where we are. Uh, Bree over here in the YouTube chat says both sides would agree to ban objectivist immigrants.
2: <laughs> I think that's true. In fact, Trump would probably have someone at Google and Facebook making sure that conservatives got representation, but that objectivists were identified as a bannable hate group. <laughs> did,
0: did I tell you that I think I'm on some list for monitoring on uh, Twitter? I, My little post uh,
2: that wouldn't it. surprise me at all, Amy. So, I
0: mean, I've been talking about, you know.
2: You've got to be at least shadow well, banned there, baby. Well,
0: but, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably shadow banned, but okay, Bulk metadata collection, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I have been an outspoken critic of it forever. I, you know, i got
2: just, the most uh, interesting private message on our None of the Above page at Facebook from someone. After our first discussion about how the government should stay out of big tech, We actually got a private message from someone who said, would you be willing to join me in our antitrust case against Google? (laughs) To which I quickly responded, "Uh, no, thank you for the offer, though. But would you be willing to join us in a petition to abolish antitrust laws? (laughs) To which he responded, are you insane? I'm going after one of the, quote, biggest effing companies in the universe. To which I responded, well, universe is a big place. (laughs) <laughs> and it is bigness bigness should not be either a crime or a tort.
0: That
2: no. was <laughs> so my what, only response to him. <laughs>
0: what's the, what's their colluding with government though? It's a it's a problem.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. That Google isn't doing things worth criticizing. What they're how they're cooperating with China is unspeakable. But antitrust isn't the solution any more than usually tariffs are a solution to anything. So No, no. Yeah,
0: no. It's a, I'll we'll ask them if they want to join me when I'm gonna go after challenging the FTC Facebook consent. <laughs> right, order.
2: right. But
0: that's still ongoing. I'm still working on that. So. And good for you. Well, it's gotta it's gotta yeah. be done, and it yeah. and
2: I think it's, you're I, I think it's it. a
0: way to take advantage of the one wonderful thing. That Trump has done, but I'm told that it's something that any Republican who was elected would have done, but maybe right. he's the only Republican that could have been elected.
2: Okay. Well, and to question my own leftivist credentials again, yes. I have to concede that if Hillary Clinton had were the president right now, I didn't vote for her any more than I voted for Trump. Uh, we would have unspeakable Supreme Court nominations. Yes, that would be all in favor of say creating welfare rights. Positive welfare rights for people and so forth—that absolutely terrifies me as a possibility. So while I totally disagree with, say, Kavanaugh's jurisprudence, I, I kind of like Gorsuch's jurisprudence from what I see. But I really don't like it. I had to come to Kavanaugh's defense when he was being smeared during the, you know, the nomination process. But even Kavanaugh is better than what I suspect a Democrat would have put on the Supreme Court. Even though I strongly disagree with Kavanaugh's uh, jurisprudence.
0: Yeah, I wonder if Kavanaugh is sort of like the Supreme Court's version of Trump as a Republican, though, right? <laughs> so,
2: right, right. morally neutral, very pragmatic. What does the law actually stay, say? And can't, how closely can I stick to that?
0: Yeah, that's my analogy.
2: Yeah, good uh, one.
0: Gorsuch, I love, but... Yeah,
2: Gorsuch has said yeah. some really good things. He's he's becoming even better in some ways than Thomas, who'd been my favorite.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. And I mean, you know i'm nodding i'm again you're a scholar erudite i'm you know pick and choose when something really
2: no no. you're a passionate you are a brilliant scholar on privacy law by the way no
0: no i am a i am a tremendous valuer on privacy and i've gotten in there and put my brain around it because i thought it was interesting and i had a solution to a problem but um i looked at the two opinions thomas versus gorsuch in the carpenter case
2: exactly
0: and Gorsuch is much more receptive to the idea that there can be a property interest involved in protecting this information. I think if I sat with Gorsuch for five minutes <laughs> even no if I had two minutes with Gorsuch, I think I could tell him my solution and he would get it. Right. Like that.
2: We've got to arrange a private lunch between you and Justice Gorsuch. This is part of
0: the whole FTC Facebook thing that I want to get this up there eventually, right? I
2: think Gorsuch seems to be actually more open-minded to ideas about individual rights and freedom and property rights and privacy uh, in a principled way, the limits of government, uh, than just about any justice we've seen in a little while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, excellent. So we have to we have to give credit where it's due for
2: that. I think I think um, Trump gets at least some credit. You know that was a brilliant move on his part during the campaign. Everyone could see that he wasn't a free market Republican. Everyone could see that he wasn't a principled Republican like Goldwater or even Reagan. Uh, so he had to reassure the Republican base, and the way he principally did that was to provide the list that the Federalist Society had provided for potential nominees, and he's basically picked his judges from that list. And in doing that, and in keeping that promise, he's dramatically secured, strangely enough, the evangelical base, when Trump is nothing like an evangelical right-winger, or a principled right-winger of any kind, whether libertarian or Christian. Right.
0: So federal society, they're the ones we get to
2: blame, is that it? Yes. What credit there is and what blame there is. (laughs) Let's see,
0: I've, I've seems that i have trump supporters already coming to my facebook page to argue against me and i have of
2: course there are
0: my mouse frozen i want to i want to pick out some other stories that are you know what let me let me ask you this you know i I had a little bit of discussion with you on facebook this morning about this i post this gfda stuff good effing i'm not gonna say it (laughs) we have to categorize our youtube video in some category if i say the word here (laughs) Um, design advice you know gfda and the story is again that i discovered these people because johnny ive the brilliant designer from apple they did a little story on him actually a big long article on him and they observed that in his office at apple he had a gfda poster And what GFDA does is they provide advice, just like, you know, sort of motivational advice, motivational advice, just like so many other people do. You know, there's tons of outlets for motivational advice, but theirs is often funny and it's laced with profanity and
2: (laughs) the and the S word, but the wisdom they give there, the real solid psychological advice that people, a lot of people need is really worthwhile.
0: Um, It's it's
2: motivational. It's insightful.
0: Sometimes Um, it's wrong, and I don't repost the ones that I think
2: are (laughs) wrong. You
0: know, I, I... No, no,
2: no. I'll post a quote from the Dalai Lama or the Pope, if it supports my view, or Immanuel Kant, if it supports my view. But they are actually very consistently uh, posting a lot of good stuff, even if we don't agree with all of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the premise should be that when you post something from somebody else who is clearly not an objectivist, it's not that you're saying you agree with every last thing that they say and the whatever. Um, but the one thing that, you know, is this really a value to use profanity in this? Is this just kind of there being sort of edgy? But I made this really could just kind of thought in my mind this morning that, you know, what, why do I like these people so much? And I was thinking, okay, well, here I am. So many people post whatever piece of mushy, motivational advice, you know, that gets to them in the, that moment that they they needed to hear it. so they figured everybody else needed to hear it too.
2: Like, <laughs> I'm guilty, it, I do that. <laughs> put
0: it out there, right? Um, Why well,
2: confront our issues directly with the person involved when we can post it passive aggressively on Facebook?
0: <laughs> um, no, but it's not even that. It's like confessional too, right?
2: Yes, I, of course.
0: No,
1: <laughs> seriously, like, seriously
0: this is, you know a lot of the stuff is like yeah this resonated with me not necessarily because i have something i have because you know believe me all of us who are adults of a certain age have gotten to the point where we realize we do have to go talk to that person right yes
2: hopefully so, and, 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 you
0: know, you're not gonna put laundry out on facebook you know this dirty laundry stuff you're not gonna do it right but um this, the, you know, the, to me, I, again, it's, this is, this resonates with me. And a lot of it is just benign stuff. It's, you know, just don't procrastinate is one of them, right? right? Don't effing right. procrastinate. So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not.
2: If they're saying get over something and move on, or if they're saying be yourself and, or if they're saying don't care what others are doing, if you really believe in what you're doing, just do it. Stuff like that then it's motivation for your, our independence. It's motivation yeah. to resist social pressure. And I get that a lot from them. And that's a very positive message to be sending out, generally yeah. speaking.
0: So tell me if you think I'm right, because I, was, I was, this, this came to me today. So maybe I like this because it allows me to sort of be the mushy person this shirt. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> but hide behind them. <laughs> they said the F word. They said it offensively. Well, I kind of agree with what they're saying.
1: <laughs> well,
0: no, but it's like if I put it out there with all the F word stuff, then the focus is more on it's the F word and it's edgy and it's funny. And it's like not me actually saying, hey, here's this thing that resonated with me. Like, I don't have to. I'm, I'm hiding a little, is all I'm saying. Is that,
2: and it's well, probably
0: it, right? That's it.
2: I don't think you would use the F word if you were to compose. No, but
0: I don't, oh, that's the only thing I don't. Now I used it this morning because of that guy who I saw is threatening me.
2: Well, yes, if he's threatening, then a sharp response is appropriate. But if you're making some general advice, you know, be yourself or don't compromise and you use the F word <laughs> in the process, I don't think you would do that in a general meme. Uh, so it's not so much hiding, as it's just agreeing with the sentiment forcefully put and pay attention. The F word is simply sort of like an exclamation point to say, and I really mean this and don't be trapped by this. So, uh, you know, and profanity, I don't have much of a problem with profanity. I mean, I usually agree that it's bad writing. There's usually a better word. Mm -hmm. If that's the appropriate word, use it. I'm not a big profanity fan But I also don't think that we should be censoring or concerned about, I mean, I hear from eight-year-old kids profanity (laughs) that I never heard from my male buddies when they were drinking. So today, so standards do change linguistically as well.
0: I guess the sense with the advice about, you know, whether it's effective to use it in this context is that it's supposed to kind of jar the brain a little bit and help this sort of message because again the kind of motivational messages that they give are not so different from anybody else sometimes we could say that they seem to really get it more than a lot of other outlets for motivational messages there's some some nice stuff there nice formulations that aren't necessarily profane particularly in this one that i had today on instagram people can go check it out but um that that it maybe helps it penetrate the brain a little bit differently than all the other millions of times that you've heard whatever that message is. Well, you
2: know what General Patton said? Huh. He was asked why he sweared so much when he gave speeches to his soldiers. And he said he wanted to get the message through good and strong and so that everyone understood that he meant it, even the folks in the back who weren't kind of paying attention, so he would you know, throw a GD at them or something, uh, you know, call them bastards or something, and get their attention. Um, and today, I think more and more st- linguistic standards have changed that if you really want to get someone's attention, that's a way of doing it, especially yeah. in a one-liner meme.
0: But it, and it is also true, though, that if you use the terms too much, then it loses all effect.
2: Absolutely. And
0: plus it just makes you a potty mouth. and
2: Right gross it's not always necessary i mean on the rare occasion use it you said it very well there it's overused and that's what diminishes its impact
1: mm-hmm.
2: i want those words to have impact so that on the rare occasion when i do use them it gets the person's attention
0: yeah yeah and so like this morning i'm just i was using so much profanity on that one thread about the threat as well you know he's threatening
2: like, and he's holding a gun so yeah
0: so that, that's the so yeah it's it's not me but I still think that's part of what I'm doing I'm kind of it's it's a diversion it's a distraction as well yeah, yeah. in that context of me sharing like, look this resonated with me today I really needed to hear this today that's what the straightforward person would post <laughs> yes. I'm like yeah I'm so cool <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I'm posting this edgy thing
1: so
0: yeah um i I, all all of every awesome edgy aspect i had to me is now gone james (laughs) why are you on the air with me i'm so boring now um all of my tricks have now been revealed
2: (laughs) well the best trick of all of course is to know what you're talking about and come from a principled, consistent stand. (laughs) The language is optional and contextual, I think.
0: (laughs) I think I do that. And really that's, you know, integrity was a part of this this morning. And there's just so much of integrity. I keep having this ongoing discussion with people on Twitter and elsewhere about, well, which is worse, Trump versus Hillary. And, you know, what is, the, all the pushback that you get when you criticize Trump really mean and no you're going to be principled and you're going to name things as you see them call them as you see them if you you know see yourself as a person who finds a value in that who's
2: oh absolutely right
1: we're talking
2: about uh not just principled republicans but let's say principled objectivists who do not see that Trump, for example, is the least free market Republican, at least in his language, that we've had ever, maybe, <laughs> you know, for the last 100 years, at least. And if they can't see that his tariff policies, his approach to dictatorship, his immigration policies, haven't hurt the Republicans, and changed the republic, the character of the principled nature of the Republican Party, at least in its nominal values, And they can't see trump as that and that any criticism of trump therefore uh, is wrong they're not the ones who are being principled they have to identify that trump is not an advocate of freedom rights or the free market
0: yes yes and so the thing that i've been trying to formulate and i don't know if i've done a great job of it in the last couple days or so when you talk about well so which is the biggest threat is it the democrats or the Trump Republicans. And one thing that I say is the Trump Republicans, not just because of that substantive issue, right? There's that substantive issue of, this is supposed to be the party of more limited government. And some people say he's a businessman capitalist or you know even an objectivist, which is just crazy. Uh, he's doing all of these status policies under that label, which is damaging everything it's you know, damaging the Republican party in terms of policy. There's all that. But the thing that makes it more dangerous in my mind in in a scarier way is that whenever I put a cogent criticism out there of a Trump policy, people who you would have thought would be my allies are attacking me and sometimes the attack is, well, but Hillary. But why is it wrong for me to name these criticisms? Why is it so wrong with respect to Trump?
1: In no, particular? no, you're so,
2: maintaining context. They're the ones who are dropping any principles, you know, any facade of having principled, uh, you know, advocacy of freedom, rights of the free market.
0: And that's why I, I think he's more anyone. dangerous. Yeah,
2: that's the, exactly the it.
0: The reason I think it's more dangerous the only is because- defense we
2: have, right? For the free market. He's changing the Republican Party into what used to be, as far as I can see, the old labor Democrat position. Tariffs on immigration, economic nationalism. He's speaking the language of labor union Democrats of 30 years ago. He's converted the Republican Party from the party of Goldwater and Reagan, or even Gerald Ford, into the party of, labor of what used to be you know Gephardt and Joe Biden now Joe all- Biden is moving over to the <laughs> to a more socialist left because after right. all Trump's outflanked him on the left he's outflanked him with the labor vote in Pennsylvania and Michigan
0: right but moreover and I'm going to go ahead and name the the a word the authoritarian word here it's the sense that I'm getting is that criticism of him is not allowed, prohibited. Right.
2: right. In it's criticism. A way that we haven't it's criticism with- of freedom. It's defense of the Democrats. Any criticism of Trump must indicate that you are an advocate of maybe not just Hillary Clinton, but Bernie Sanders' economic approach. Any criticism of Trump means you are QED, a Democrat, an advocate of Democrats
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and their policies and their economic policies, which is absurd. Uh, we have to be able to criticize either party when they're in power for what they're doing wrong. Yes. And if you say, hey, are you advocating then the other side, how, how awful the other side is? That's ridiculous. You have to be able to criticize each side for both. And uh, it's, what's disturbing is that the left is moving dramatically far uh, in the socialist direction, they've thrown in any defense of free speech they used to be famous for, the right is dramatically moving in the direction of the left on economic issues, and they've thrown in any defense of the free, at least nominal defense of the free market they once had. So we, neither side is defending freedom anymore. You don't have free speech leftists, and you don't have uh, free market uh, rightists anymore. What you've got are pragmatists who are trying to seek power uh, on the left, trying to appeal to certain uh, groups uh, uh, to increase government power over the economy and with the right, throwing in the towel completely uh, on free, the free market. I mean, when Antifa does their demonstrations, the left does nothing. The f- government of Portland, the city of Portland, Oregon does nothing. No, no. So um, on both sides, it seems to me they've chucked in any principled, at least tenuous connection each side had to some kind of freedom Uh, earlier in the you know our lifetime
0: exactly exactly you want to do something completely different before we end okay so we'll do the money and now for something completely (laughs) different okay here we go it's the story that i saw about facebook right Mm -hmm. this one so facebook has reportedly used third-party contractors to transcribe private messages on I
2: think you had to hit a button where you say it was okay to transcribe my messages.
0: Right. So there there's the proviso, right? So right. you know a lot of people just read the headline and then they share it around and then I read the article and so what it said is that Facebook was trying to see how accurate the artificial intelligence that they use to transcribe those messages is mm. and they were using as you know, the test data, anonymized messages, but from real users of Facebook and real users of Facebook who had opted in in a certain way by saying, hey, I want you to do a text to, or excuse me, right. audio to text, you know.
2: Right. You can, te- you can do for a text, uh, you can listen to my private message and do a text uh, uh, transcription of it.
0: Yeah. Now, th- I guess the assumption by the user is that it's a computer that's doing they're mm, listening that but it's
2: is- all on their computer and isn't it a dry run for being able to transcribe any private message and since the government is getting access to
1: Maybe, facebook's yeah.
2: information then can facebook say hey i want those trans or could the government say to facebook the government say to facebook i want transcriptions of private conversations that you have yes that's scary that's That'll very
0: warrant.
2: well, and I know that mm-hmm. not always, but some of my messages on Facebook, I you know, they're private. Me- I I mean, I wouldn't be embarrassed if others found out about them because I think I'm a good person. But it's my private business, yeah. and I don't want the government being able to look into a private conversation that I'm having with my wife or my oldest friend. I mean, that's an invasion of my privacy.
0: Yes, no, and that should not uh, not not be at all. And that's the sort of thing that I want to go ahead and fight with this. But so, so here's the thing. So if you say, okay, those people opted in. Yeah. Maybe it's better in that sense and that Facebook is trying to improve its services and stuff. But it seems to me that if Facebook was just wanting to know how well the technology worked, which is a valid business purpose. Sure. That they could have just phony conversations, audio, that they have their AI transfer. Why well, use... Well, Even if it's anonymized, real
2: users—they could have tested that without yeah. using real conversations, couldn't they? They yeah. could have created their own dummy conversations from a dummy account and see how it worked. But they chose to ask thousands of real Facebook users to be able to peep into their private messages, not just their public postings. And as I say, now the government ha- apparently will have access to all that data. So they, that's yeah,
0: they—they—they cool. they, they might. Uh, so the way that I see Facebook in this regard, I, I don't see them as blameless because I think, you know, sure Facebook you could have done this better maybe it's cheaper to not have to hire people to make phony audio messages <laughs> various kinds that right. you want to test the AI on right. right. But you- they have to hire actors. You know how horrible it is that they have to hire actors as opposed to using, you know, testing on oh, just.
2: They could use mid-level employees at the company. They could have gotten, you know, a janitor, a secretary.
0: people a conversation. Have sit there and have fun, right? Yeah, because,
2: talk about uh, you. You pretend you're Cinderella, and you pretend you're the the wicked witch, and have a phony conversation, and we'll see how we can transcribe it.
0: Great. Yeah, they could have done it that way, which would right. have been so clean and nice. And- right. But instead, you know, let's take them at their word that they just did it this way for their business purpose. It's a fumble, right? And it's something that gives the FTC leverage to say, oh, we have to regulate you because you did. Now, I still am going to say at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, um, that, you know, they shouldn't be regulating Facebook there could be compensation to anybody who could be identified as having been harmed by this, et cetera. I mean, it'd be right. embarrassing to have. Well, Facebook has an agreement party trans- Facebook has an
2: agreement with me. Yeah. I, when I do Facebook, I'm submitting and agreeing to the agreement that Facebook has with its users. If it's if Facebook is just doing what they said they were going to do in the agreement, I agreed to, that's one thing, but I didn't agree to have a government monitor come in and, check what facebook was doing about sharing information
0: yeah there's that too and and then the second issue is even if it doesn't involve a government monitor which right now they're on the verge of creating that danger explicitly at least um, even if there's not a government monitor did a person knowingly consent to that third party actual human Mm. sitting there listening to they they even know
2: it was a human being listening to their private messages
0: yeah they thought it was just some computer doing it or something so i don't know where that story is going to go the other thought that came to my mind when i saw that story is it just came out this story Mm -hmm. and the consent order that they've put together it has this strict date of i think june 24th or something or 27th something like that that only the, you know, everything up to that time, whatever Facebook did up to that time, it's going to be held blameless for. So there's going to be a huge incentive for Facebook to want that order. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. You can avoid any Cambridge Analytica suits at all in the future now, or any individual suits or class action suits at all now.
0: Yeah. So oh. the thought that came to my mind is this conduct that's just been the subject of a news story in the last couple of days. Yeah. Is it something that Facebook would be absolved of any blame for thanks to this order under the right. FTC? Right. And if so, that's going to make Facebook want to fight me in trying to oppose the government takeover of Facebook.
2: Right. And they'll have a legal argument.
0: Awesome. Right lovely well not a legal argument but they have an incentive i don't think incentive they
2: incentive li- to make the legal argument at the least yes
0: <laughs> incentive to make whatever
2: well given the fact that given the fact that they were just exempted from this agreement they could you know and that's very often what government regulations do it'll create an artificial standard and all the company or the you know uh defendant in a civil suit has to do is say hey i was complying with the government regulations yes it doesn't matter the harm i caused or the dishonesty that i used so long as i complied with the government regulations and then of course there's the other side of it which doesn't really care about corporate fault and imposes strict liability if there's any harm whatever, uh, whatever the company's fault. So uh, companies are sort of got, they sort of have two guns to their heads and are basically agents for the government when both guns are pointed at them.
0: Yes, and the order if it stands does one thing along those lines that you're saying in terms of giving Facebook a pass for doing something that you and I might not like, Mm -hmm. which is this issue of metadata. So it explicitly gives permission for Facebook to retain all the metadata for communications, anything you post on Facebook, whatever you delete, so long as you don't deactivate and delete your whole account. So if you decided, say, Jim, you say, you said, okay, well, I know it's coming, you know, you've got, uh, you know, FTC and DOJ are going to be having access to all my Facebook data because of this order. It's coming down the pipe. And, you know, I don't want to get rid of Facebook. Facebook's a tremendous value to me, but I want to go in there and just get rid of something selectively that are just really private to me it's not like they're incriminating but it's like you know like you said i've got some private conversation with my wife or whatever in there and i, I don't want the
2: government why should they know about uh, my kids health or my economic issues with my boss or my personal issues with my wife i mean wait a minute here those are really personal issues yeah yeah, so and if it's just metadata, you, um, they're finding out the clicks that I'm clicking on, the people I'm talking to, how many messages I'm making, even that is an invasion of my privacy, but it's also the foot in the door. Mm-hmm. If not, If metadata, why not others? Why not the content?
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so the order says explicitly Facebook can retain that metadata if you don't delete your whole account
2: that is ridiculous and that is an alteration of course of the agreement that I started with Facebook on so
0: well of course they say they can change the terms of service at any time sure
2: sure sure and I'm the one who's got to opt out but when it involves the government in a suit of the government they and government agents coming in there there's really I have the choice of either take Facebook's agreement with the government or leave it and the government shouldn't have been there at all
0: no exactly and, and that's that's one way in which if this order is imposed without the opportunity to challenge it at least right our interests have not been adequately represented one bit
2: right right as, as
0: users our interests have not been adequately represented and exactly. that's something that needs to be made clear uh one you know kind of a nerdy point that i have in my mind is whether that provision in the order conflicts with under the gdpr and i think even before the gdpr you know as part of european law generally they have a right to be forgotten Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that they say that you know that you could go to a company who's got this data about you and in you know as long as there's not some sort of legal action pending or you know potential for legal action if you say go and delete all my data then they're supposed to you're supposed to have this right to be forgotten or you know maybe they retain some but it's very There is no right to be forgotten if Facebook is told it can retain this metadata and that on demand without further process from court, without a warrant, et cetera, FTC and DOJ can obtain other information from Facebook. A photograph
2: I may have deleted, a private message I may have deleted. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's kind of creepy.
0: And part of Facebook's metadata could include what the photograph is of right because one thing we know about facebook is for example that facebook the ai seems to be pretty good at identifying nudity Mm -hmm. right
2: right you're not allowed to post supposed to be the things they key in on right
0: so part of the metadata might be well there was some nudity in this picture
2: right (laughs) <laughs> you mean you dared to show some uh photograph of the of some renaissance statue of venus or david <laughs> yeah
0: beautiful new sculpture or painting or
2: whatever right. is, right? you know? okay <laughs> so
0: you get you get the, the picture of, of what they're doing to us. i
2: have literally had friends that have posted classical art famous art in the western world and they've been banned because there was nudity in it yes crazy
0: and the Cordairs, right? The Cordairs with their wonderful gallery, sometimes they're trying to share right. the sculpture, paintings that right. they have.
2: And, and that's weird because it's now limiting artistic free expression.
0: Well, okay, so, you know, again, if Facebook wants to have that as a sure. content policy, I'm not. They can necessarily...
2: have the obscenity rules they, they want, the nudity rules they want. It would be nice want.
0: if they could distinguish fine art from, uh, you know,
2: porn pictures, some exhibitionist, yeah. some, creep, or some creepy perverts' dick picture, <laughs> versus a, you know, a painting by Michelangelo or something.
0: <laughs> the other day I was complaining. I was like, all these women go out there and they're like, oh, I get all these unsolicited dick pictures. <laughs> And I don't get those. What? What is up? You know, but then I remembered,
2: you know, th- th- I've had to tell my wife, Holly, d- distressingly that I have obtained unsolicited dick pics. <laughs>
0: oh, dude, if you've got them and I haven't, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, don't send me, somebody me. Um, I somebody
2: not I don't want to go into any kind of commentary on each of us and what that means mean about our fans' perception of us, but I have, and it was unsolicited and kind of shocking. Okay.
0: Well, okay. So maybe I have gotten them. Um, there's one place where you can get sort of you know messages that you haven't asked to receive, right? And uh, that that may they may have come through here, but I I wouldn't know because on Instagram I believe when you get a message request or whatever the equivalent is there, it can have an image in it, but in order to see the image in a message request, you have to click on the image, click on it, right? And I don't click on the images. So, it,
2: Wise. Uh, some of those images are probably best left unseen.
0: <laughs> I don't know the person. Why would I click on a picture? It, right. I don't want to see that. Uh, uh,
2: Wise.
0: <laughs> so, maybe. I'm not as neglected. Let's
2: <laughs> you probably get a lot more attention that way than I do,
0: Amy. <laughs> I do, but that's the whole point. But you know what? In a way, that's good, right? Because yes. but, <laughs> God, people better not send me crap now. Um, <laughs> don't send me anything. I don't want them. I don't want
2: them. <laughs> no, but you know, myself and a lot of guy friends, you get unsolicited uh, friend requests from women who are yeah.
0: scantily clad uh
2: well uh eastern europeans who are looking for a guy to help them get over here uh escorts um uh you know i don't regard facebook as a dating service i'm a happily married man in any case yeah. but i am i do often wonder about the sort of friend requests i get and the photographs that i get unsolicited and the creepy You know what, kind of-
0: women get the equivalent friend requests that we get so it'll be you know some guy and he's standing in front of a big yacht or a big
1: (laughs) military
0: ship or you know so it's either the guy who you know he makes himself look like some rich professional jet setter or he's some accomplished military five-star general or something and Obviously if you're a woman you're just supposed to click accept click on that.
2: Right, like, yeah, he a is a total stranger.
0: Further don't see what For instance, I love it, you know, sometimes the um you know the the badge that'll say the name of whoever this member of the military is will not right. even match the name of the person in the friend request.
2: Just, yeah. See, oh, that's always the scary thing too. You know, we could all be being catfished. You know, there's that MTV TV show where, you know, people well, and
0: there are government agents on there, you know, too.
2: Oh, yeah. So oh.
0: they figure if and, and, you know, I'm I'm OK with government agents, so, you know, if they, they want to go and, you know, try or whatever. That's I don't think that one thing my third party doctrine theory won't do is get rid of secret agents. I think secret secret right. agents are fine. But just be aware. So you know, there's people out there who are representatives of the government and they'll friend request you. And then the idea is whatever you share with your friends, therefore, whatever. But I
2: I don't realize, in fact, the degree to which undercover FBI agents have infiltrated so many parts of our society. There'll be people in various places that you wouldn't think uh, would have FBI agents that actually do. Not just newspapers, media outlets, and so forth, you know, private security gr- groups, but bookstores and all sorts of organizations where some of the employees, literally, I know as a fact, are also not only, you know, legitimate employees, but also FBI agents or CIA agents providing the government information.
0: And that I do not agree with. And, you know, again, we'll go back my third party doctrine solution. It makes an exception for a criminal enterprise. So for instance, there was a story recently about there was some online group and the online group was, it was understood by everybody who was in the group was for the purpose of sharing child pornography. So this was a case, this was a case in Arizona, but I, I was, I think I was talking about this case with Tim Sandifer. So um, if you have that where the entire group is formed for a criminal purpose, and that's one of the most disgusting criminal purposes you can have: child pornography and the sharing of child pornography is disgusting.
2: Short of um, murder, it's just about the worst crime. You could... Yeah,
0: um, maybe it's worse, right?
2: So, yeah. Well, you've ruined an entire. Life. I've done as a prosecutor. I have enough experience with child molest to know that what you've done is you've permanently damaged the child involved. Yes. taken so much of their life away
0: yes yes so given that if you have a government agent infiltrating that then sharing from that without a warrant whatever because any agreement amongst those people hey let's all indulge in this disgusting stuff and keep it private right not enforceable at common law illegal contract gone out no privacy but a bookstore or a Facebook profile where I'm just out there trying to socialize and educate
2: or promote our podcast. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. That's all we're doing. We're not doing anything wrong. So if I, you know, I don't know, I might have a government agent or two as friends on Facebook. Mm. I am pretty careful and I don't think I do, Mm. but maybe there's somebody there. They're not entitled. No. I'm not doing anything criminal. You haven't
2: violated the law. You're not up to any criminal or terrorist activities. Yeah. Why the heck are they looking at that?
0: Yeah, so, you know, Facebook they don't
2: have even a, a threat of a justification for why they would be looking into it yet. So, I mean, where's the crime? Where's the physical threat to Americans? And if that's not there, why the heck are they looking at all?
0: Exactly. So, boy, have we geeked out now. Uh, I want to go over to <laughs> to the message that you sent me and see if I'm missing any one of the stories that you wanted to discuss because I just kind of went on a tangent there. And I'm feeling guilty.
2: Oh, (laughs) you have no basis to feel guilty.
0: Well, but I am. Okay, so let me see if I can scroll up in this. Am I gonna be able to scroll? My computer is not.
2: I think I may have mentioned the shootings.
0: Yeah, so what did you wanna say about the shootings?
2: Well, <laughs> uh, I was disgusted at the immediate way it was politicized the, the shootings, the horrible shootings, both in El Paso and in Dayton. Um, I was distressed at the way the two, the difference in the way the two were were discussed. And I was further distressed uh, at the complete dropping of context when it comes to gun violence, you know the amount of shootings that occurred just in St. Louis or Baltimore or Chicago, mm-hmm. the course of a single weekend, eclipsed the number of shootings and both mass shootings put together. Mm. And you just take you know, the 50-some shootings that occurred in Chicago the same weekend as both mass shootings. You know, um, Take for example, too, the ineffectiveness of gun control as such. London has basically got the same violent crime rate, murder rate that New York City does. Now, London has some of the most strict gun control laws in the world, of course. Um, and yet
0: New York's: So their murder
2: rate was greater than that of New York City. This year it's on schedule to be about the same. Gun control has zero to do with violent crime um, directly. In fact, as for the last 20, 30 years, as gun ownership has increased, uh, gun crimes have significantly decreased. Overall, and gun accidents have even significantly decreased over time. And on the other hand, the presence of guns, I think, is the one thing that uh, could end and prevent. I mean, just the presence of an armed guard usually prevents uh, gun violence, but it's the presence of that armed guard that could possibly stop it. Um, I, I'm not big, uh, a big fan of either side's approach. Trump will complain about video games, Trump will complain uh, you know, about uh, the, the lack of, of, of moral character and so forth, talk about psychological red. He'll even say that we should lock up more crazy people just yes. for being crazy, which I'm really opposed to. Yes. So let's lock up a bunch more crazy people because we have a gun, gun issue. I mean, involuntarily car- incarcerate people because they're alleged to have some psychological illness. I don't think that's the correct approach any more than I think gun control is the correct approach. Uh, so the politicization on both sides ra- has me rather disgusted.
0: Yes. Yeah. Some kind of background check is appropriate, but then where you draw the line...
2: Well, forgetting guns. Yeah. If, for example, someone has a psychiatric problem or has stated threats that the police know about, restricting them from having guns is one thing. Putting them into a facility involuntarily exactly. Exactly. is what Trump advocated in the day After these shootings, we need to lock up more nuts. Yes. Uh, Wow. It's not just taking their guns away. It's taking their total freedom away because the government assesses someone is having a psychological problem that scares me at least as much as gun control does. But, you know, they could sure use some guns in Hong Kong right now. eh? They
0: could. It was interesting. One of the complaints that I got when I was out there on Twitter you know i got a lot because i had that one tweet that shapiro retweeted so i was getting a lot of pushback from pro chinese and stuff yeah and they were saying well at least we don't have the shootings and stuff that you've got over there like, okay yeah i see here's one so what about uh tucker carlson saying was it like the white racist problem or whatever is a hoax is that the let me, let, me, let me get it more accurate. For
2: decades, America has had a violent w- right racist problem. It's part of our history. The KKK, the neo-Nazis, uh, the skinheads.
0: White supremacy is a hoax, is what he says.
2: For 18 years, I was a prosecutor before Trump ever came along, and we had white nationalists and KKK members and skinheads who were a violent threat of a problem, like uh, the mafia, like Al Capone, the KKK was properly infiltrated by the federal government because they advocated violence and they were a systematically violent organization. Uh, the government isn't treating Antifa at all like that uh, yet, but, the <laughs> but how far are we away from people getting well, you know, their freedoms at least taken away for purely ideological reasons because somehow their ideology is scary or inappropriate.
0: Yeah. So... But the, the the idea of the hoax, in, in some sense, you don't necessarily think. It's it, not a
2: hoax. We just had, hoax, but we've had someone case. during Trump's two first two years in office, we had a synagogue shot up by an anti-Semite. We had a white nationalist in El Paso shoot up, have a shoot up. In New Zealand, we had a right wing crazed idiot doing that. To say that white nationalism is not a violent problem right now is to stick your head in the sand like an ostrich. Uh, it, uh, Trump at least acknowledged it as a problem in the wake of these shootings and you deserve some credit for that. But to minimize the idea that we have a white national problem. Now, if I were to compare it to say, say to the uh, Islamic threat, the threat from you know uh, Islamic violence, uh, I- I'd make the comparison fairly. I mean, thousands of people were killed in a single day in 9-11. I don't know any mass shooter, white nationalist mass shooter who's killed over 2,000 people in one day because of their ideology. So if I were to compare it, say, to Islamic violence, I'd be rational and compare the two fairly. I think one is a greater problem. On the other hand, to say that white nationalism is in hoax, totally made up, that is dangerous.
0: Yes. Um, so I'm going to check one thing with you earlier. Uh, the, the person who posted the image that I, I think reasonably construe as a threat, and I haven't said the person's name and I won't say the person's name. Let's not. Yeah. Um, you said you understood that person as having said that Trump was an objectivist,
2: right? A good objectivist, an American like Trump Dot, dot, dot was one of the memes, one of the posts, he, pictures he, he posted, I think yeah. within the last day or two.
0: Yeah, so I, I would say that's a, a real thing. You know, that's Trump's when, an
2: objectivist. I didn't
0: see it, so <laughs> myself. I was talking about the thing that I have seen for myself and and talked about my opinion with regard to it.
2: Well, I think the basic criticism of us as a is that we are critical of Trump. You know it's not that we're uh advocating tariffs and immigration restrictions like they do because trump can do that and still be an objectivist in their mind it's that we criticize trump at all which was must make us uh, socialist progressive leftists, Definitely. advocates of Bernie Sanders or something. Oh, yeah.
0: Where's my card carrying socialist card here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember signing up.
0: <laughs> I got to have it somewhere. I know. And, that.
2: you know, I, I am constantly being critical of the left. I was harshly critical of Hillary Clinton during the campaign, as you know. But that doesn't buy you any credit with these, uh, you know, Trump fanatics who claim to be friends of Ayn Rand, who will not permit any criticism of Trump.
0: What or about you're my, some
2: kind of Marxist.
0: Am I answering AOC and I've made fun of Bernie Sanders here and there and this stuff? No, you know.
2: No, no, no. Or last last time we had the podcast, I was saying, yeah, these Congresswomen are anti-Semites and Trump is an anti-immigrant bigot, so. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> no. and, you, and you just now came out against reason in the uh, non-ableft way. So the message is... To everybody because we we're gonna we should wrap up now anyway but the message is and I think you can get it from today's show if you watched the whole show and got the variety of opinions that we expressed on all the different non-integrated topics so sorry
2: everybody <laughs> it, it was a been scattered
0: all over the place but you know you can't really put us in a box you can't pigeonhole where we are as if we're supposed to be a leftist we're supposed to be leftists of some kind then why would we disagree with reason for example on that issue about
2: no we are none of the above proudly so
0: definitely so thank you so much and as i said i'm i don't think i'm going to be able to do a show next week but can we please do one the week after sir yes
2: please and and the rest of the time that your own's out let's make sure we fill the week with something
0: yes definitely oh no every every single week let's do it okay cool
2: yeah, thank you,
0: Love it. So, so two weeks—not from today, but probably the Wednesday.
2: Wednesday, probably. So about, okay.
0: Yeah, nearly two weeks from now, we'll do it. Now. No, this is
2: great. This is always such oh, fun, Amy.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, thank everybody. You. We're gonna go. Take
1: yeah, care. Thanks.